Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, no slave is greater than his master, nor any messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. I am not speaking of all of you. I know those whom I have chosen. But so the scripture might be fulfilled, the one who ate my food has raised his heel against me. From now on I am telling you before it happens, so that when it happens you may believe that I am. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. We are almost exactly one day over halfway between Easter and Pentecost. And uh, we continue to read through the book of Acts on all the things that the Holy Spirit is doing to help build up and create the church. Uh, at the very beginning, it's right before what we read in chapter 13 about uh, Paul and Barnabas, um, there is this. It says, The Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit said. There it is, right there. The Holy Spirit said. Now, it's uh, along with it, it says that happened while they were worshiping and fasting. So they were very aware and very focused on what was happening, their relationship with Jesus, with God, every their whole history, their worshiping. And that's when the Holy Spirit spoke. Um, I'm always really interested in these situations and, and some of the, the wording. Um, and I think about Mary and Gabriel. In Luke, it says that Mary was uh, a little unsettled by what was said. Not that there was an angel right in front of her. It always kind of struck me that here we see these types of uh, comments when we're aware and we're open and we're ready. It's not surprising that the Spirit speaks. Shouldn't even be surprising if an angel shows up. It might be what they say, but when we're aware and we keep ourselves in that type of relationship of awareness that it's not about the presence, it's about maybe the content. We don't understand what that is. Uh, so right after this, uh, Paul, we see this long exhortation that he gives, and actually it will continue on tomorrow. It's so long that, frankly, it's split across two days. And Paul, now his name has been changed to 
Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul, but now we see it's Paul. So his whole relationship has changed. His name has changed. And he's now Paul as he goes forward, and he is telling the story. He's the messenger for the Holy Spirit on what Jesus did. And so this is, this is the work that he was called to do, to deliver a messenger. And along with our psalm, uh, he's singing it. It's joyful. It's what he's proclaiming. Now, the other part of what the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Well, that idea of work, uh, you know, we, we constantly are trying to defend this idea of work and faith, the work. So when we look at that, the work, the Holy Spirit has asked for work, and he's asked for work from us too, and we're always trying to figure out, well, what is that work? I wish I had the clarity that the Holy Spirit actually spoke and said, well, you should go here and say this. So that clarity is wonderful when it happens. But this idea of work, well, it just so happens that um, we have a relatively new appliance in our house. It's a new oven. And um, in all of its uh, wizardry on how to cook foods and prepare and the uh, programming that you can do, uh, there's a setting in there called the Sabbath setting. Sabbath. Uh, most likely you have one too. It's a pretty common feature, the Sabbath setting. And I got to really wondering about what does that really mean, the Sabbath setting? Um, I've had an opportunity to spend time at Shabbats uh, in uh, large Jewish communities. And so I've, uh, you know, kind of observed what happens uh, during uh, this holy time for the Jewish people during Sabbath when there is no work. And so it was intriguing to me, the Sabbath setting. So I tried to figure out a little bit more, well, what does this mean? Well, the history of it uh, really comes back to the time of Moses. And he said, on the Sabbath, there'll be no work on the tabernacle for God's presence. As they were wandering in the desert, the tabernacle is where God was. And so there would be no work in building of the tabernacle. They called that creative work. There's a specific Hebrew word for creative work. So there'll be no creative work. So through the ages, uh, they've used this concept to come up with different areas of things that they should not do on the Sabbath. And it's creative work. Well, I got to thinking, well, how does that, what does that mean with cooking? Well, the Sabbath setting just keeps things warm. It does no cooking. Cooking is transformative. It takes something from one state to the next. Warming just keeps something warm. You're supposed to cook the food before the Sabbath, and then no more cooking can happen, but you can keep it warm. 
So no creative work, no transformative work on the Sabbath. Well, as I thought about this, now I've learned something interesting about uh, where that came from and how it applies back to the Old Testament and how they were using it to build up the dwelling place of God back in the desert. And we have our gospel reading today, and it's Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. Well, we know that that is a symbol. That was where Jesus said, this is reconciliation. I, I want to wash you. I want to cleanse you. And so this reconciliation is really the transformative work that we're being asked to do. In the Old Testament, okay, the, the tabernacle, no, no building, no creative work on the Sabbath. But in the New Testament with Jesus, he says, I want creative work as often as you can. I want you to go to reconciliation because you're transforming yourself into the church. Let's bring this right back to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm going to build up the church through the forgiveness of sins. That's what we heard uh, before. Knowledge of salvation is, and building up the church through the forgiveness of sins. So reconciliation, the washing of feet, is really this new creative work that we have in the New Testament, in the book of Acts as it plays out now. We see the first days of Acts as we read through this, but Acts is continuing because the church is still being built. And our job, our creative work, yes, messengers, but the message is to really, what are we supposed to do? It's about forgiveness of sins our own and others. That's what we're called to do. That's how we build up the church, and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing within us back then and today and tomorrow as we go through and, and continue to build up the church that the Lord is looking for us to end up with. Thanks be to God for that. Let's stand and offer our petitions.